0: I'll see you in the GloJo. Hello, hello, and welcome to the GloJo. I am so excited to share this episode with you today for so many reasons. To begin with, this marks the official launch of the Glow Joe podcast. Woohoo! I poured a ton of love and energy into creating this, and I am so excited to be sharing it with you. I actually wanted to take a moment to celebrate, celebrate this success and this milestone. Let me know if this resonates with you. So often we achieve things that we set out to do and we don't take time to stop and smell the roses or pat ourselves on the back. This is my invitation to you. What's something that you can appreciate or be proud of? Something that you did or maybe it's something that you didn't do because we should be proud of the things we choose not to do as well take a moment, pat yourself on the back. This is the Glojo. This is what we are all about here. We are going to learn and grow together. Aside from being the first interview I'm sharing, this is also a highly relevant episode because my special guest, Alex Catoni, who I will tell you more about in a minute, her and I talk about imposter syndrome. If you're a human and you've ever had big goals outside of your comfort zone, then I can 99.999% guarantee this is something you've experienced. According to verywellmind.com, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it also has links to perfectionism and the social context. To put it simply, imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like a phony. Here are some of the signs of imposter syndrome. Self-doubt, the inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, attributing your success to external factors, berating your performance, fear that you won't live up to expectations, overachieving, sabotaging your own success, setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. I know I'm raising my hand on some of those. So if any of these sound familiar for you, then stay tuned because you are going to love this episode. Alex and I are going to talk about the different types of imposter syndrome. We'll talk about Alex's journey and how imposter syndrome has shown up for her. We're going to talk about the sneaky ways imposter syndrome shows up, and then we're going to talk about the surprising benefits of experiencing imposter syndrome. So speaking of Alex, I want to take the opportunity to officially introduce you to her. Alex is the founder of the Copy Posse and the creator of the Copy Posse Launchpad. She got her start in the marketing world 13 years ago at Valley, one of the world's top online personal growth publishers, where she was part of the executive team that tripled the company to over eight figures in annual revenue. Since starting her copywriting agency in 2012, Alex has proudly partnered with some of the top transformational authors and brands in the industry, helping them massively increase profits, customer lifetime value, and ROI through her iconic email marketing campaigns, list monetization strategies, and industry-leading sales funnels. In 2020, she launched her Copywriting Academy dedicated to helping writers and entrepreneurs dominate their niches with words that work. Through her fast-growing YouTube channel of over 85,000 subscribers, social communities, and copywriting programs, she has helped dozens of businesses execute lucrative launches and hundreds of students ignite their copywriting career. As you can see, Alex has done a lot, and guess what? It's not without experiencing imposter syndrome herself. So let's dive into this topic Let's uncover where this is showing up for you in your life and how you can keep on going and moving towards living the life that you want to live. Let's get this conversation started. Hello, Alex, and welcome to the Glojo podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah,
0: I'm so excited to have you here today. And for everyone listening, Alex is my, well, how should I say this, partner in crime, (laughs) We've known each other for a long time. We have lived overseas together. We've started businesses together. We've traveled. We have been through it all. And and it is. Totally. So true. And it's so exciting to be interviewing you today, Alex, because you have such an incredible story. And over the past couple of years, you have just been what's that analogy I'm looking for? Like taking names and
1: (laughs) taking, you know, I've been taking
0: names and kicking. But I don't know. (laughs) That's right. You've been kicking butt and taking names and just making it happen. I'm really excited for our conversation today because I think the topic that we're talking about is applicable to everyone. If you are human and you've had a goal or a dream and a desire that is outside of your comfort zone, guaranteed you have experienced imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Now, Alex, I know that you've, like I said, you've been kicking butt and taking names over the last couple of years and you've really grown you've put yourself out there. You've started a YouTube channel. You've started the copy posse and you have this worldwide, you've, you've got the, it's the copy posse. You've got a worldwide posse and each step of the way has required you to step outside of your comfort zone a little more or a lot more show more of who you are, be vulnerable, all of those different things. And so, yeah, let's talk about the imposter syndrome. I think that sometimes it's really easy to be on the outside looking in and you think that person must not feel what I feel or that person must be special and they don't actually have to push through that fear or that discomfort. But that's
1: not true. Yeah. In fact, what's kind of crazy is 70% of people deal with imposter syndrome. Wow. And the crazy thing about imposter syndrome is you feel it and then you feel like you're the only one who has it. So you're not often talking about it. And so it's like this dark cloud that hangs over so many people's heads. And the thing about imposter syndrome is like, it shows up in so many different ways, right? Mm. So if you've ever had the thought that if you're not working your absolute best, butt off, like hustling and grinding and things are just kind of naturally flowing easily for you, then you must be an imposter, right? Mm. Or that you have to absolutely know everything before you can start. And there's a funny thing about that type of imposter syndrome, because there's something known as the Dunning-Kruger effect, which basically means the more you know, the more you feel like you don't know. So what's so ironic about imposter syndrome is it hits the people who actually know the most, the most. And so it's a very common effect where at the beginning, when you don't know a lot, you're really excited and confident. And then the more you start learning, the less confident you get, because the more you learn, the more you realize there's more to learn, which is sort of yeah. like life, right? Um, but it could also be this idea that if you ask for help, you must be an imposter or a fraud, mm-hmm. or if everything has to be perfect, like the perfectionist in you is kind of like the other side of imposter syndrome. It's like, no, 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 oh, man. you're not a fraud if you aren't perfect and you don't have mm-hmm. to wait until it's perfect to start. You know, there's so many different ways that it shows up. And I think that when you start talking about it that way, then you realize it is so much more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for
0: sharing all of those different examples and the way that it shows up. And I'll share a couple things that came to mind immediately. It's like one... The more you know, the more difficult it is. And I was reminded of like, oh, yeah, I wish I was in my 20s again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because just I, was like, I was young. I was naive. And in a, yeah.
0: <laughs> just young and dumb and just going for it. Going and just for like, it. Balls to the wall or whatever the female version of that is. But it's like you have this gusto. And I think that that's something that's so... Boom to the
1: wall. Yeah. I think back to when you and I started our first business. Oh, man. Like, we were full of it. Like, in a good way. I think that level of, like... Like we're just going to go for it. And we had this sort of, we had the guts to do it, but then, you know, we started learning more and it's just so crazy. It's like the people who are actually probably the most qualified to talk or teach about something, Mm -hmm. believe that they're not qualified because they compare themselves to like the experts they learn from, which was 1000% my situation.
0: Yeah. And I know I've experienced that before as well. Like I've wanted to start this podcast for a really long time because one of my favorite things to do is talk. And I have so many fun, incredible, inspiring friends. And so it's really easy to just have really fun, inspiring conversations. And I put it off for such a long time. And also if you know me, and now you're going to get to know another part of me if you don't know me, I have so many certifications. (laughs) I have studied so many things and it's always like, oh, if I want to talk about that, then I need to go take this super intense course (laughs) or I need to become a coach or I need to get this kind of certification or, you know, I need to get my master's from the best place in the world.
1: And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think because you and I come from this online marketing world where Mm -hmm. we have seen a lot of people who are maybe not qualified to teach something all of a sudden, just overnight be like, I'm going to become a foremost expert in this. So I think it's good to have that level of like, no, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm showing up in integrity and not talking or teaching something that I'm not qualified Mm -hmm. to teach where it really turns into imposter syndrome is when, you just get in that habit of collecting certifications and never really lean into the work that you initially wanted to do that inspired you to get that certification or whatever.
0: Yeah, right? I love that. That's a sneaky one. And I definitely have a couple of friends who are coming to mind right now. And I'm like, oh, that's the cycle they're in. And from the outside perspective, it's like, you can talk about this. You're more than qualified. So, But I also love that you presence that, yes, it's important to actually know what you're talking about and not just... Yeah making things up and pulling shit out of your ass.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) And I think too, like going back to when I first started my YouTube channel, it was, you know, to think that I was freelance copywriting for eight years and never really felt like, even after eight years, never really felt qualified to teach it, which is crazy. It's like, how many years of pulling, you know, multiple six figures freelance copywriting do I need in order to, be quote unquote qualified. And it was because the more I learned, the more Mm -hmm. I thought, oh no, I'll never measure up to those like big name, old school, you know, grandfathers, and most of them are white men who have dominated the copywriting space for so long. And it makes sense. I mean, looking at the stats about imposter syndrome, it affects women and people of color the most. And it's because systemically there's so much of a double standard and so much kind of built in oppression around um, you yes. know, sexism and racism that makes women and people of color, color feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. And it, it happens at this very subconscious level. And so with starting my YouTube channel, I kept being so afraid that like, oh my gosh, if I put myself out there, all these copywriters that I've personally learned from will look at me and be like, you know, what a joke. Mm-hmm. And then I, And then I had to kind of just get out of my own way. Sort of like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it never fully goes away. And I and if you're waiting for it to go away, you'll never, ever take action. It's one of those things where you have to just have enough bravery, just enough to start and to put yourself out there. And then- you get that momentum going. And then you realize that your imposter syndrome just changes form. You know, like I used to be the total perfectionist imposter syndrome person where I wouldn't do anything until it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, was even starting my YouTube channel. I think I procrastinated for like six months because I didn't know what I was going to put on the wall behind me. And then finally, one weekend, I just went down to the bookstore down the street that's like right between mine and your house, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bought these generic quotes that I was like, it's only going to be for the first initial bit. And then they're still on the wall behind me, you know, and you realize that like, wow, I... I gave a lot of weight to what I was going to put on my back wall, right. and then realized it doesn't doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that because I think it's so easy. So perfectionism, guilty as charged. I will raise my raise my hand here, raise both of them, and wave them in the air and shake my head like I just don't care um, because it's something that's definitely plagued me. And I've thought that no, 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 I've I've gotten over it, but it continues to show up in these really sneaky ways. And I I love what you just shared because. I think it's a reminder that what we think matters Mm -hmm. actually doesn't matter at all. Like, I can't even read your quotes.
1: (laughs) Right. I know. They're blurry. You can't
0: even read them. I I literally can't even read them. And I don't think it's because I'm not wearing my glasses.
1: (laughs) What it says is you did not wake up to be mediocre, Leanne. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Thank you. Because thanks for sharing. I think that is a message that we need to hear here. For everyone listening right now, just take a minute and let that sink in. And if you're currently going through a time in your life where you want to do something and you're not doing it, like, actually, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's have, you know, we're, we're in the GloJo. This is the place where we come to get real and have those conversations and share tools and, and talk about ways to overcome that. And so I love, it's like, what are the things that you think are important that actually, you know, just write them down. And then you can actually start to hopefully have a different perspective. Like, oh, do you know what? That doesn't matter. Or what if I were to do this? I love the whole, it's like, pull the trigger at 80%. Mm -hmm. I have definitely not done this over the years. And I've learned to pull the trigger, maybe even at 60%. And it feels so much better just to take action and get moving than it does to be, paralyzed and overthinking and stressing about all of these things that you quote-unquote need.
1: Yeah. And just remember that you can always evolve, you know? Mm. I mean, yeah, you can delete things, you can start, like, once, it, it's just, we get so caught up in thinking, well, once I put it out there, that's what it is. And, you know, yeah, there's a certain level of truth to that. Like, when I started my YouTube channel, I did know, okay, I wanted to have a certain... Quality of video. I wasn't mm-hmm. just going to do sort of webcam style off the top of my head, whatever. Uh, so I did put time and energy into into the quality. It's not like I just, you know, went with it and, and didn't. But I, but I, I went eighty percent, like you said. It wasn't perfect by any means. And even now, I look back at some of my early videos, and no one else could probably tell. But because I know myself, I can tell that I'm nervous and lacking a little bit of confidence because let's be honest, you don't just wake up being good on video. I mean, people ask me that all the time. How are you so relaxed on video? And I'm like, oh my God, like it just takes practice, just like anything else, just like this podcast, you know, on your 100th episode, you're going to just be like, so natural, you're gonna be like a radio show host. And it, it just gets easier as you go.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing. So a couple of things that come to mind. So you've started your YouTube channel. And that was, obviously, there was the imposter syndrome. That was an edge for you. Where else has imposter syndrome showed up in the past, well, I'd say past couple of years, but also yeah. just in your journey?
1: Right. I think, you know, it's interesting because I'm actually releasing a video on a similar topic. So I just had this call with some, someone on my team is, you know, when I think back to how I kind of got started in this whole world, right, getting a job at Mind Valley, which mm-hmm. you also, you worked there with me. Uh, I remember when I found the Mind Valley website and was interested in applying. I remember as clear as day a headline on their careers page that said, If you are a God gifted genius, we will hire you. <laughs> and like, who describes themselves as a God gifted genius? That is what I want to know, right? And so, what did I do? I applied anyway. And Mm -hmm. someone, one of my students actually said this to me because we were talking about her fear of going out there. She she is now a full-time copywriter working for a big personal development brand after taking my program. And I said to her, you know, what gave you, why did you apply for that job? Because the job actually said minimum two years experience required right? So not as intense as if you're a God gifted genius, but there was a, like you know, a clear parameter that they were looking for and she didn't meet it. And she applied anyway and got the job. And what she said was, and this is so brilliant. Her name's Missy. She said, let other people be the one to tell you, no, don't be the one to tell yourself. No, like how crazy is that? And that's like the definition Ooh. of imposter syndrome. It's like, you're telling yourself no before you ever hear a no from anybody else, which is so crazy. And I think that's that's kind of when I think back to my journey of like applying for the job at Mind Valley. I'm like, well, I'll let them tell me I'm not a god-gifted genius. And yeah. then what happened? They ended up hiring me, and then I ended up leaving three and a half years later as the creative director. And I would never have described myself as a god-gifted genius, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you know when I started my freelance business, this shows up. I, I truly believe this shows up anybody who's, you know, going from a a job where they're getting a salary, where the rate is set and you have no say to all of a sudden setting your prices, right? Mm -hmm. You are, it's so stressful figuring out what your prices are in the beginning. And you usually undercharge and undervalue yourself because Mm -hmm. it's something that's so uncomfortable, right? So in the beginning, when I started freelance writing and working with clients, um, major imposter syndrome that every time someone says send me a quote it's like who am I to charge over a thousand dollars or whatever that Mm -hmm. number is in your head you know and then you get comfortable with it this is what I tell all my students like if you're undercharging and you you'll do the work and you'll be like I am never doing that work for that little again you only have to do it once you know and then you bump up your prices
0: yeah, that's you know? for sure. And I've been it, there before, <laughs>
1: right? We all and we all have, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a necessary evil. Someone could tell you you're undercharging; you need to charge more. But until you really experience it yourself and and realize, like, oh yeah, there's no way I would, you know, write a sales page for five hundred dollars again or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of learn the hard way. So it's kind of you know, people can give you advice, like every motivational quote in the world can help you understand imposter syndrome, but it's not until you take action and then go, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm going to prove that bitch wrong. The imposter syndrome was just a figment of my imagination. It's not until you, you create evidence to the contrary that you really Mm -hmm. start recognizing, okay, that's just me putting a mental construct or boundary around what I believe is possible for myself. And then you keep acting in spite of it and then the more you do it the easier it gets it, it never really fully goes away like i said when i started my youtube channel it showed up again because i was comparing myself to these guys who i had looked up to in the industry and you know who i thought were like just geniuses many of them have like have passed on like they're mm-hmm. they're not even alive anymore and it was like who am i to break into this like old school world of copywriting you know that has always been really dominated by men and then i did it and then i started getting positive feedback and then launching my first program. Who am I to teach this? And actually, you know, YouTube, I was giving free content and I felt like I wasn't qualified to give free content. And then I launched my program. It's like, who am I to start charging for this? Like it, but you know, I just kept doing it anyway. So it it keeps showing up over and over again. There
0: were so many things that you shared that I want to go back and just do a notable recap. So let's let somebody else say no. Let's not say no to ourselves. That's incredible. So the second notable thing that I want to note (laughs) that you shared is you, it was show up you would do it anyways, and then you would get feedback. And in your case, you got a lot of positive feedback. And obviously, there's always the there's always the other stuff that's going on, but it reminds me of a client that I worked with a few years ago. And she would say, take action. Even if you don't have your plan fully baked, take action because what are you gonna get? You're gonna get feedback. And that feedback is either going to help you, it's gonna be like, okay, yes, I'm on to something, mm-hmm. and it's gonna give you the validation, or It's actually going to give you positive feedback that you need to tweak so you can keep moving forward. And so feedback is a good thing. I think that sometimes we can be so afraid of, you know, well, what if they don't love it? Or what if it's not perfect? Or what if it's not this? Well, you're never going to know if you don't actually take action and try it and put it out there. Chances are, if you care that much about it, It's something that you're actually really naturally gifted at, and you're going to do an incredible job, and the feedback is going to be positive. And on the off chance that it's not, just look at it as positive feedback.
1: Feedback that you can take,
0: that you can implement, and just keep on going.
1: Totally. And I think there's this fear as well. Like one of my other students actually had shared this a while ago, and it was about putting yourself out there. And I felt Mm -hmm. this as well, like starting my YouTube channel, um, going back to what you said earlier of just start and take action. Everyone always asks me like, what was your strategy? You know, like Mm. what was your plan to get to like 80,000 subscribers? And I'm like, what? My plan was to literally record four videos. That was my start. And I mapped out the four topics. I sat down in my office one Sunday, I turned on my camera and I recorded four, in my opinion, super awkward videos, Uh, got my video editor to edit them. And I had a month's worth of content. So that gave me a month to process, see what other people were saying. And then it was just after that, one, my entire business was built off of feedback. The other thing is a lot of people are afraid of putting themselves out there because they're afraid of public failure. And I remember thinking that as well, like me recording YouTube videos is like a public declaration of, of trying to do something. Right. And what if people see me try and then fail it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. and then they see me fail. And then you realize that nobody's freaking watching you that closely. And it's only really once you kind of reach the tipping point of exposure where you actually are quite successful that people start taking notice. And so all these things that you make up in your mind and being scared that people are going to see that you fail, you realize like everybody's so caught up in their own shit. Nobody's like watching you every day to see how many views your YouTube video has or how many likes you have on your Instagram post.
0: You know? Yeah, it's so true. And you've shared that with me before over the years. You're like, don't take this the wrong way, but nobody cares what you do.
1: <laughs> like, Loving advice from a friend. Loving words <laughs> of wisdom. <laughs> but I mean, they, but, they care what you do, but only in how it helps them. That's just yes. human nature, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And thank you for sharing that because I think it is so easy to, well, and, and again, like, what if there's that public failure? What if I put something out and people are judging it or they're obsessing? But hey, it?
1: let's be honest. We've done that already. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
1: now, that, that's Now that we know what public failure feels like, just keep on going.
0: (laughs) That's right. Just keep on going. Everybody will forget about it in like a nanosecond, especially because of social media and how our world is these days.
1: I think there's like an average number of like people start, however, I don't know the exact stat, but people start like, let's say it's like five businesses until they have one that sticks and you just don't see the other freaking five or whatever you see. so So everyone always thinks like, wow, you know, you came out of nowhere. That's something I hear a lot of like. Lately, I've been having a lot of people reach out to me. Ironically, a lot of experts and people that I've looked up to for a long time, which is intimidating, but they're like, I'd love to connect. Wow. Like you just came out of nowhere. And then I'm like, it took me six months to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I don't think anyone would call that came out of nowhere. You know, that's like four videos a month for six months before I got to a thousand subscribers. And even then, like I wasn't monetized yet. I wasn't making money doing it. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think there's that, it's, I've seen this on Instagram. It's like, yeah, overnight success. I'm an overnight success. And then it shows like 30 rejections or more or more and like 30 years worth of things. And I'm reminded of the Harry Potter of JK Rollings or Rowlings. Um, she was rejected time and time again. 12 times
1: or something. yeah, Yeah. Her
0: story is really inspiring. And so if you've experienced rejection, Google her story. Yeah. You will be and inspired. And also,
1: if you've experienced rejection, fucking congrats because you've put yourself out there and you've yeah. tried. So keep doing I love it. it. You know, like that's a badge of honor, really. It's like, it means yeah. you've tried something. You've put yourself out there. You've done something that isn't the status quo, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, get you're that, living. Yeah, get that feedback and do something different, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah, I love it. And so in your opinion, what are some of the unsuspecting positives or benefits of experiencing imposter syndrome?
1: You know, I think for me is talking about it has helped Mm -hmm. my students so much because Mm. again, they look at me as their teacher, you know, someone that they've, that they've really put on a pedestal. And I've had my students say like, oh my gosh, Alex, we think of you as superwoman. So for you to share that you still feel those feelings Mm -hmm. of imposter syndrome it, I think it's just so validating for people, and I think we should be talking about it more because it, it, you know, in the in the you know, let's call it like the 2010s, the whole that first decade of of sorry, not the 2010s, I'm living two thousand, living my my high school uh, glory days. No, um, the 2010s like the okay, 2010 to 2020. Got it. Uh, I don't even know what we call that. There's going to be a name for that decade, the 10s, the teens. The tens, the teens? The okay, teens, the, teens, the teens, the 20, 20 teens. teens. <laughs> so in the 20 teens, you know, glossy, beautiful photos on Instagram were like, I mean, that's a, everyone presented this like shiny life, right? Yeah. And um I just really think that things are pivoting now where everyone's kind of a little bit freaking sick of that. It's like don't show me the perfect Mm -hmm. You know, show me what you're, what you really experience. And I think that was a big part of my growth of of my brand was just being really real and talking about that experience. And so the upside of imposter syndrome to me is reminding myself and reminding others that it is so normal and Mm -hmm. seeing people realize that you know, the shiny, beautiful pictures you see on Instagram, or whatever, you know, it's not real life. And being able to connect through that, and lean into it, I think, because it's so it's just so human.
0: Yeah, I was, that's exactly the word that came to mind is it's human. (laughs) We're humans, let's humanize the experiences that we all go through. And we can do that by having conversations like this. So thank you for opening up and sharing that. And I know a couple of other upsides that came to mind for me throughout our conversation is one, if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, it means that you're stepping outside of your Mm -hmm. comfort zone. And when you step outside of your comfort zone, it means you're growing, you're expanding, you're stretching, you're putting yourself out there, you're trying something new, you're living life. And so what if we could actually start to, you know, be like, ooh, imposter syndrome, and instead of letting it take us down, let it fuel us. Let it inspire us to take that step and get all the way out of the comfort zone.
1: Yeah, but I'll remember times where, you know, those moments. Like, think of the most notable, exciting time in your life. Mm-hmm. It's always when you were stepping outside your comfort zone. Yep, it's you know, true. any massive win you've ever had in your in your life is doing something that was a major. Challenge, obstacle, change, something you had to really kind of lean into. And I think of that like, you know, those big moments like, oh, moving across the world to Mm -hmm. Malaysia or starting my business or anything that truly I can tie back as being the defining moments in my life were always when I was the most fucking terrified, you know? And growth, like you said, growth is so uncomfortable. And I say that to my students because they'll, you know, they'll share posts and they'll be like, oh my gosh, this is this is really hard. I'm feeling so uncomfortable. And I'm like, great, you're doing it right. Like, yeah, this is what it's that. supposed to feel like. It's supposed to feel uncomfortable. You're growing, you know, you're stepping into the unknown. So I love that. Yeah.
0: And the, the other thing that just came to mind when you shared that is there's going to be the time where what used to feel uncomfortable is now normal. hmm and so when that happens, it's time to take it that next level, step outside of your comfort zone again. And so I guess we could say that an upside of the imposter syndrome is that you're always going to continue growing. It's going to inspire you to grow and to expand. And then also I think there's something there around being humble. Uh, you know, there's something around having that reality check that's like, oh yeah, I, I am human. And maybe I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. But I, I do think there's that experience where, ha- yeah, having those moments where it's like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm this, I'm that. It's relatable.
1: And yeah. And it, it's, sorry.
0: You know, uh, no, 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 you uh, go. What I
1: wanted to add to that was, you know, when I when I found that stat that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome, I was like, of people say they experience imposter syndrome. Uh And then I'm thinking, so who are these other 30%? Like either people who just never step outside their comfort zone, have never once felt underqualified or Mm -hmm. scared or nervous about doing something new, never felt like they didn't belong. It's like, so they're either complete narcissists or are living in a small world and not stepping outside their comfort zone. Like, because truly, like if you're growing and if you're doing new things, You mean to tell me on like the first day at a new job, you're not Mm going to walk in feeling a little bit nervous and possibly like you don't belong there. You know, the first time you speak on a stage, oh God, I remember the first time I got asked to speak on a stage and I was like, they got it wrong. They like, they, I am a huge fraud. They are going to find me out right away. You know, like you have this fear and it's because it's just an unfamiliar feeling stepping outside your comfort zone. And so, you know- 70% 70% of people say they experience it, but those other 30%, I chance to bet that they have at least felt it.
0: Yeah, That's- that reminds me. So I'm working on a presentation right now that I'm, I'm doing in a couple of weeks and serious imposter syndrome. It's like, wait, what? First of all, it was excitement and I'm honored. And then when I started working on it, like, will I be able to teach these people something? Will I be able to actually help them in their business? Mm -hmm. And I started to, you know, my, for me, imposter syndrome will show up where I start to overthink everything. This seems to be a trend. (laughs) I will (laughs) overthink things and, and like when lots of different things show up, I will, I'll start to overthink. And I think a lot of it is when I'm outside of my comfort zone and I start to come up with, is this like, I, it's just overanalyzing really. And so for me, that's one of the signs that, okay, I'm about to grow. There's something going on here. And what I've been doing is I just set a timer and I'm working and I'm just letting the ideas flow. And as soon as I put aside the expectation and I focus on the actual thing that it is and I get into it, that all melts away. And I've been having fun. I've been inspired, lots of creative ideas, and I'm looking forward to it. Now I still probably, when I start actually putting it into a presentation, there's going to be the next wave of, Oh my God, can I do this? Is this going to make sense? Am I saying putting the right thing first? But I do think that when you actually start to take action, that's when the other things start to dissolve and just focus on what you want to do and why you want to do it. When you focus on your why, everything gets so much. Easier and simpler and less scary. Totally.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, that's where I always come back to. It's like, you know what? If I help one person, then, Mm -hmm. then I'm helping, you know? And I think another thing, this was coming up as you were talking about putting together your presentation. Another way I feel imposter syndrome comes up is for content creators, this Mm -hmm. idea that every single thing that you, talk about has to be totally original and come from your brain and I mean you've oh, heard yeah. the quote a million times like there's no such thing as a new idea mm-hmm. it's just you deliver it in a unique way or you teach it in a yeah. unique way or you or you just you know credit the person whose idea it is and then you share your anecdotal story twist you know sidebar mm-hmm. to it like you don't have like it's just so crazy when you're like getting sitting down to create content and I remember feeling this way, um when I started teaching, it was like, well, I didn't invent the idea of an open loop, so how can I teach this? And then you're like, wait a second, it's just like a common marketing principle. A million people talk about this. So how do mm-hmm. how can I teach this concept in a way that you know possibly is more relatable or you know I'm, I'm telling it in my way. And I think that's a huge thing to realize is like people don't follow you because of these like, always because of these like super unique, oh my God, cutting edge ideas that they've never heard anywhere else are following you because they like the way that you teach or present information. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's a golden nugget right there. I absolutely love that you shared that. I know I've experienced that over the years where I'm like, oh, I have this amazing concept. And then I see, I'm like, oh, that person's saying the same thing or that person's teaching on it or it exists already. And I used to let it shatter that idea and shatter that goal or those dreams. And now I'm realizing that we all do talk about really similar things, especially within certain fields. And what makes it unique is our personal perspective and our story. And every single person, like right now, you know, you and I are having this conversation and we're both going to walk away with a different experience. It might be similar because it's a shared experience, but we all have a unique perspective. And this comes from living our lives. We're individuals. We have different life experiences. Alex is a twin. Guaranteed your perspective and your view on life is still different than your brother's, even Mm -hmm. though you grew up in the same household. And and so I think that it's really important to remember if you have ideas or you're wanting to do something and you feel like it's already been done, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Do it because it inspires you, because it lights you up, because you have a why. And trust that the people who are drawn to you for who you are and your experience and your unique twist are going to find you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, imagine if nobody ever tried to be personal development coaches because mm-hmm. Tony Robbins had already. Done. Right? You okay. know, and I think of that too. It's like same with the world of copywriting. I feel mm-hmm. like it's been so owned for a long time and it's like why did why aren't more people talking about this? Why are more women talking about this? Like, you know, the, the, the business world is so vast. And I think what was really a confidence booster for me and anyone who creates content, I think there's this experience is as soon as you start getting people who are following you because of you and they say Mm. that they're like I just love your stuff or you're so funny or you make me laugh out loud when I listen to your stuff it's like that that makes me so happy it's hardly Mm -hmm. ever about that one idea I've never heard anywhere else you know like sometimes it's about that but more often than not people love you because you're you and being unapologetically you you know Mm -hmm. like I know for for a fact that there's some people that don't vibe with my style because I'm you know, I own my loud loud girl status. I'm always cracking jokes. I'm super high energy. And some people might just be like, yeah, that's not my thing. If you're boring, obviously. (laughs) But, um, you know, no judgment here. No, no judgment. (laughs) But if if you if you don't, if you don't follow me and you don't like my teaching style, you're totally boring. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but (laughs) I feel like, I feel like it's just, there's this feel like you want to be like the people you admire which I think is great and it's great to model the people you admire but mm-hmm. just being so unapologetically yourself whatever that looks like yeah. you know like if you're shy and introverted that's cool you know what there are so many other shy introverts oh, who really? who want a role model who can who they can relate to yeah. and you don't have to be like me like loud and gregarious all the time so it there's just it's kind of just finding your little pocket and where you fit in and trusting that the right people will find you.
0: Yeah, I love that. And at the Glojo, we're all about fueling your feel good. When you feel good, you're being true to yourself. Easier said than done, but you can do it. Mm -hmm. I know you can. (laughs) Um, um, And so, you know, we'll wrap this up and then I have a little surprise that i uh yeah there's a surprise Ooh, getting, like a little dance <laughs> uh, or something <laughs> i know no not quite but maybe <laughs> next time um so in final words of wisdom to wrap this up let's normalize I S like ibs you know 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 the symptoms And know the treatment. (laughs) And so this is about just having the conversations. Alex, thank you so much for being here with me today and for sharing your experience with all of the listeners out there. It's very inspiring and really motivating to know that no matter what stage of the game you're at, you are going to feel these feelings and you always have the choice. So thank you for choosing to continue to move forward and be you.
1: Thank you. This was so much fun. <laughs> Thanks for having You're- me on the Glojo podcast.
0: Woo-woo. You are welcome. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready for the surprise? I am. So I recently had these come in the mail. You know what these are.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Create the love cards. And so okay. these are created by Mark Groves, our friend, and curated questions designed to spark meaningful communication and strengthen relationships. Awesome. So because we're all about talking here... I'm gonna pull a random card and then we can both answer it. Now there are lots of naughty ones in here.
1: <laughs> I go I think I hope I get a naughty one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: okay, so I'm we not gonna We get one luck.
1: veto. We get one veto. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's honestly there's one veto allowed. Okay, so I'm gonna shuffle, I'm closing my eyes. You tell me when to stop, and it'll be the card on top.
1: Okay, stop. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever walked in or heard your parents having sex?
1: No, no. Never I like caught in the act. It was there was always ca- maybe maybe like potential that it happened moments before, but I've actually known that's never happened to me. Has it happened yeah, to you?
0: No, neither. Thank God. I mean, ni- yeah, yeah. You, thank, thank God. I mean like, I, I love- think we should do one more, because that was too easy.
1: Yeah, true. I was I was gonna say, like, I think we should, you know, normalize that parents have sex, but I'm also really grateful that I've never um, been a part of it in (laughs) any way. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's true. Very, very (laughs) true. Agree Mm -hmm. on all of that. Okay. So I'm going to close my eyes again and you just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Ooh, (laughs) what's the worst thing you've ever gotten away with? Oh, I know do we want to criminalize ourselves on this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> no, I don't have anything
1: that would criminalize me. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, I did see. one thing with you. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I mean, and this is only because I'm so goody-two-shoes. I really can't think of anything else. So, Of course, the baddest thing I ever did was with you. Um, <laughs> Why is that a theme the, with I my won't friends. say the location, so we're not okay. implicating ourselves. But do you remember when we did a hike in in a place that was closed yes. to the public and completely illegal. And we had to hop a fence to get to it. I and do remember yeah, that was, yeah, really-
0: yeah, that would probably, I guess. Yeah. And so just, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't have thought about that, but that, cause it just seemed like, why wouldn't we do well, that? As as you say te-
1: criminalize, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was technically illegal. But <laughs> technically,
0: technically that was illegal and we did it and we got away with it. Um, quick little side note, how we prepped for that. We we should have had night vision goggles. We didn't, night but we started. Goggles, <laughs> <so intense. laughs> we, did, we did not, but we started off it's making our way to this. Yeah. At three or four in the morning to make our way to this illegal yet absolutely beautiful and totally worth it hike that we did. And we had, I went to Mech and I bought us all headlamps. So we had matching headlamps and yeah. Yeah. It was just like we were sneaking, sneaking through the woods. And I remember our one friend slipped and fell. And I went to reach, I went to reach down and grab her hand and I didn't. And thankfully, the rock was only like a couple of feet. But I was like, no, oh my gosh. And after that, I I was like, I really need to take CPR. And I still haven't done that. so
1: Although, I mean... Falling off a cliff, CPR probably wouldn't have helped. That's true. <laughs> but I support your decision. It's always, to always so
0: logical. It just inspired me to want to be a friend who could help right. when who something help. totally went yeah. wrong.
1: And there were a couple that, moments. <laughs> I think that whole experience too. I think we felt like we were being more bad than we were. But mm-hmm. you know, like it's always that like, you know, head, like Blair Witch uh, Project style, like looking yeah. at the camera, like oh, heavy breathing. Oh, oh my God. Did you hear that? Oh god. Like it was just like so dramatic, but such a fun experience.
0: And I I remember, I'm pretty sure that there were because the police patrolled this area and there were guards that you had to sneak past and they were there and we snuck past them. We did it. Yeah. Good memory. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have remembered that. So
1: Well, I'm glad I'm happy to remind you of all the bad things you've done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll stop recording before we get into that. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. We're just going to, we're calling this a day right here, right now. That's what happens when your partner's in crime and been friends for over a decade and you just know these things.
0: (laughs) Oh God, yeah. Better, like, honestly, I feel like you know... A lot of things about me better than me because I just choose to forget some you things. Just block them out, and I'm like, oh no,
1: let me remind you.
0: And I'm happy to be that person for you too. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I am terrified for my wedding day. <laughs> we're gonna oh, have to I compare would... notes we'll have to be like so what are you saying about me and i have at least three vetoes <laughs>
0: totally you can have five i'll give you five because okay. that's how many stories i have no <laughs>
1: okay great i was <laughs> gonna say you might need more <laughs> uh, yeah probably
0: <laughs> i was gonna say possibly but probably <laughs> okay well thank you so much have a wonderful day and for everyone watching and tuning in thank you so much and stay tuned because I'm going to do a quick little recap on a couple of exercises that you can do to move through IS when it shows up in your life. What an amazing conversation. Shout out to Alex for sharing her story and sharing her wisdom on the Glojo podcast into the community. Thanks again. So now let's just have a little chat. Let's have a debrief. What stood out to you? Here are a couple of things that really stood out to me. 70% of people experience imposter syndrome and I do believe Alex when she says where are those other 30% or or maybe they didn't fully understand the definition of imposter syndrome this is important to highlight because it shows we're not alone if you are doing something new if you have a new idea if you're pursuing a new creative endeavor you're starting a business maybe you're starting a new hobby and you feel uncomfortable, you feel resistance, you feel fear, you feel less than, like you're not enough, you don't know enough, you're not whatever blank enough it is that's showing up for you right now, know that you are not alone and know that people who have come before you, they have most likely experienced what you're experiencing now. They chose to take action and pursue their dreams, their thoughts, their ideas despite what they were feeling. So this is a call. This is a call to just feel the feels, feel the fear, feel the discomfort and do it anyways. That's what I'm doing right now, recording this podcast. It's something completely new for me. It's something I've wanted to do. It's something that I've put off. I felt all of the different things and I'm choosing to do it anyways. And I will tell you as someone who's maybe not quite on the other side of it yet, but in the process, it feels a lot better putting my time and energy into doing something that I want to do instead of standing on the sidelines. So let's not stand on the sidelines anymore. Another thing that stands out to me from this conversation is that imposter syndrome shows up in different ways. And so this is about you getting to know your triggers your patterns and your behaviors and habits whatever it is that's true for you how does imposter syndrome show up for you for me it's overthinking if you are one of my close friends you have likely heard me ramble on and on and overthink everything and overanalyze and fall into the trap of perfectionism and what i would say failure to launch so how does it show up for you Something else I love from this conversation was the realization that if you are feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling fear, if you find yourself in these patterns that are showing up for you, this is actually a good thing. And it is a good thing because it means you are on the cusp of something new. It means you are pushing yourself. You're stepping outside of your comfort zone or you're getting ready to step outside of your comfort zone. And so all it takes is that moment of courage to decide that you're going to do it. It doesn't need to be this huge life-changing thing. You can actually start with small things and small decisions, because guess what? The small things grow and build on each other. I don't want to quote Buddha incorrectly, but the bucket fills one drop at a time. And the other quote that comes to mind is, "...the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step." And so what is one step you can take today towards stepping outside of your comfort zone, towards doing something new, towards feeling uncomfortable and embracing it and choosing to do it anyways, because your life expands or it contracts based on the decisions you make. Here's your final recap. If you have a goal that you say you want to achieve or if there's something important to you in your life and you are not taking action towards it, take a moment to take a closer look and really figure out what's going on there for you. Maybe it actually is that this goal is no longer relevant to where you're at in your life today. That could very well be the case. Or maybe this is still really important to you, so much so that the stakes are high in one way or another, and it involves you stepping outside of your comfort zone. Take a look and see what is holding you back. How is that showing up for you? Is there the self-sabotage? Is there the overthinking? Is there the perfectionism? Is there all of the not enoughness going on? Pay attention to your particular patterns and write them down. Again, this is about getting to know yourself and understand yourself and your patterns because when we understand ourselves and our patterns, that's when we can actually make lasting change. So you're gonna do a little self-analysis. Then you're gonna choose one action step that you can take to step outside of your comfort zone or get a little closer, teeter on the outside of your comfort zone. What's one simple step you can take? Because guess what? When you start taking action, it's actually going to feel really good. And it might be really difficult for you to take that initial step, but just remember everybody, I I think everybody experiences this at some point in their life, but we'll say even 70%, 70% of people experience what you're experiencing. One of the main things that sets them apart is that without going into like all the personal stories and backgrounds and history, and I know there's other things But a lot of times it comes down to the willingness to just take that first step, do something different, step outside of the comfort zone, and then see what happens next. If you have a hard time doing this, I recommend checking out Mel Robbins. You can YouTube her. She has great stuff. Motivational speaker. She uses a rocket ship model where she basically says three Two and then on one, you just launch yourself out of bed. So she uses this to get up in the morning, but then she uses it in other areas. And so use this in your life. Stop overthinking, go three, two, and do (laughs) instead of three, two, one, three, two, do. All right, that's all for today. Thank you very much for being here. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it. Share it with at least one person that you think would really benefit from hearing this message. As I say, sharing is caring it is free to share. I truly believe we can make the world a better place with positive, constructive conversations. So join me in my journey to do this, share this, enjoy this, listen to this again, subscribe to the podcast and get ready for next week because I have another incredible interview lined up for you. Chat soon.